Hello, you're listening to Exploring Your Story with Rachel Kaysen. I'm really excited to be talking to you today because today marks the first of a four-part series around the importance of our stories. What is your story and how can you make it work for you? Over the next four weeks, I'm going to unpack this a bit and explore how the stories we tell for ourselves and about ourselves make such a huge difference to our mental health and our general sense of well-being. But first, I've got a question for you. I'd like you to consider what some of your favourite childhood stories were. I know that for me, my favourite stories were stories of the secret seven famous five type. Stories where children demonstrated independence and and competence. They could light fires safely. They could climb trees. They could go on adventures for whole days, camp on islands, sail boats, build houses. They went on adventures and saw things and did things that demonstrated strength and teamwork. But very often as well, these stories centred around these children finding a place of their own, whether that was a, a private island on which to have their adventures or ruined castle, hidden caves. These were places that demonstrated both adventure and safety for these children, a place all of their own. I think that says an awful lot about my story. I knew a lot of places growing up, some of which felt less of my own than others. I grew up abroad, travelled between a few different countries and spent a lot of time trying to work out where I fit in the world. Now I work with people therapeutically doing the same and with similar childhood experiences. And I wonder what your story is. I wonder if there is a link for you between maybe your favourite childhood stories and the story of your own life. What do our favourite stories tell us about our needs and our priorities? For me, I can clearly see that need to feel strong, that need to build and create, that need to do things for myself and to have a place of my own. And I'm wondering how you feel about the story you tell yourself about your own life now. Is it one of your favourites? Or is it a bit more complicated than that? How do we tell our stories? We meet new people and they say, so tell me about yourself. My favourite question is, where do you come from? I don't even know where to begin with that one. Do they mean the country I grew up in or the country that I hold a passport for? The country that matches my accent? The country that matches my colour? The country I currently live in? Maybe it's a bit easier for you to work out the where are you from question, but maybe... Telling your story is as complicated a thing for you as it has been for me. Which bits do we tell? How much are they ready to hear? 
which parts will make sense to them and which chapters will alienate them. We make a lot of decisions when we're trying to figure out how to tell our stories and very few of us have space and time in our lives to tell the whole story. An important part of my therapeutic work is sitting down with somebody who has a patchwork story and inviting them to take the time to pull all of those pieces together. It takes us two hours. I wonder how long it would take you to tell your story from beginning to the present day. And what would it mean to you to have your story all in one place and time like that? What kind of story would you tell? I know that mine is divided up into several chapters just for ease of reading. And I don't always know which chapters will make most sense to my listener. How do we tell our stories? We tell our stories for different audiences. We have different stories, depending on the listener. We all carry multiple identities and multiple parallel stories, maybe. I have the story of myself married. I have the story of myself divorced. I have the story of myself as a single mother. That's just one aspect of my life. I wonder how your story partitions up. Sometimes we can have a sense of incoherency in our stories. We are one thing to one person and another thing to another and getting our stories straight can feel confusing. Some of us compartmentalise our lives just because we don't need the stories to overlap and create any more confusion. I'm this person with that person and another person with the other because they just don't understand the other part of my story. So the two don't meet. This can leave us feeling quite lonely and confused. Perhaps our story has been told for us. Perhaps you're wondering how your story was first narrated. Very often it's our family narrative that lays the foundation or or bare-bone structure of our stories, what kind of child we were, the stories that are laughed at over the dinner table, which stories became the founding stones of your current story. Those early beliefs we have about ourselves very often begin with the stories that were told for us. And how much we take those on varies hugely. I was always told that even as a child I had a very inquiring mind and independent way of thinking. And fortunately for me, this was always told in a very positive light. It could have been told as stubbornness. The difficult child. But I was lucky. And that inquisitive mind was nurtured by these stories so that I feel positive about my questioning and have felt able to carry that through in a really strong way into my current story that I now tell for myself. There are other stories that leave us wondering about ourselves. 
The shy child. You were always shy, they say. You always cried. What do these stories tell us about ourselves that we carry forward? Are there stories holding you back today? Are there stories that have been told for you that no longer ring true or represent only one half of the story? What's the untold story for you? What freedoms could be found in unravelling those unheard narratives? Sometimes we tell our stories apologetically. I've been in several situations where, having learnt of my academic achievements, I have been told, given a comment I may have made that would have been seen as particularly over-analytical, that I am too academic. Or assumptions have been made that because of my accent, I don't understand different concerns from different social classes, different backgrounds, different stories. I've been misunderstood. I wonder if you have too. Misunderstandings build up shame in us. Somehow we fail to communicate our story in a way that has connected and instead we feel disconnected. So we learn to apologise for parts of our story. We learn to apologise for being too educated or, or too poor, too white, too black. We learn to apologise for being too feminine or too masculine, too this or too that. And slowly we invalidate parts of our story. Of course, conversely, we can also learn to tell our stories that are most likely to impress our listeners. We tell stories that we think will be most acceptable, the good bits. There have been many debates about the role in social media, particularly in facilitating the shiny stories, the highlights, the stories from our parenting experience that don't involve yelling, screaming and general chaos. We post the, the painting, the baking, the sunny days out. We edit our stories. What effect does this have on how we see our whole story? We segregate parts off, the less acceptable parts. If you're listening to Peace Within Radio, there's a chance you've been drawn to this station precisely because it talks about the whole person. Here, we want all of you, the acceptable parts, the parts that you may feel more insecure about. We all need a home. We all need somewhere where our stories make sense. And sometimes a voice on the radio can encourage us 
to accept those parts of ourselves that just don't feel as acceptable to others. When we've struggled with our mental health, there can be a really hard moment in figuring out how much of that to disclose in our stories as we tell our stories to other people. Does it become the lead balloon that sinks the conversation when we reveal that we are suffering with anxiety or depression? Or simply experience really hard moments in our story And thinking back to our stories that were our favourites as children. There was usually some sort of conflict, some sort of difficulty, and of course some sort of triumph. We can be quick to jump to the end chapter. Quick to want to hear the happy ending. And we do that as communities sometimes. We want to hear how it's okay now. We don't want to hear the dark bits. But you know, as well as I do, that reading a book end first might reduce the anxiety of what's going to happen to these wonderful characters, but it does nothing for any sort of sense-making of the plot. We have to sit in the dark places of the story for the light ones to make sense. I hope you have somebody in your life that you can tell your story to, that you can talk to about the dark places and not feel hurried through to the light ones. Those chapters matter too, don't they? Most of the time, they're what it's all about. I know that for me, I have experienced numerous moments where I've tried to express my darker chapters and the discomfort in those around me becomes palpable. We like happy stories. What's your story today? Which chapter are you in Are you moving through your story at a place that you are happy with? Or do you feel stuck? Could your story become a favourite one? I wonder what you like about your story. If you were to draw out a timeline of beginning till now. What are the significant chapters for you that really make sense of your story? Which parts do you tend to want to erase, rewrite, apologise for? Which parts impress others? Which parts impress you? Perhaps you can find a chapter title that makes sense for the the part of the story that you're in now. 
Perhaps you can find a title for your whole story that makes sense, that tells the story that you feel you're living. I have a sudden urge to go to my library and hunt out all of those magical childhood stories and reread them. Remember the person I was then and sit with the nostalgia of that, knowing all of the adventures that were to come. I wonder whether you could take some time to revisit your childhood stories and what that would mean to you. One of my favourite series of stories now that I'm an adult is the Harry Potter series. And one of my favourite quotes is from J.K. Rowling, who said, No story lives unless someone wants to listen. This brilliant quote is up at the London Studio Tours and it really struck me when I first saw that. No story lives unless someone wants to listen. Find someone to listen today to your story. Find someone safe, kind and receptive to whom you can tell parts of your story that maybe you haven't told before. If there's no one that immediately springs to mind, tell your story to yourself and be a safe place to receive it. Make time and walk through your story, vaguely chronologically, to make sure all the pieces land there safely. Receive your own story. Hear things new. There's something quite magical that happens when we hear our own timeline joined up together. First this, then that. First we were this, then we were that. If you're finding life hard today, the most reasonable explanation of that is that life has been hard. I don't know about you, but I'm very quick to dismiss my own feelings as irrational, unreasonable, whinging, other people have it worse, but it's really worth taking a moment to listen to your own story. The more we can see what has really happened in our lives, the more our feelings about our lives make sense. And making sense is something that really matters. If our stories make sense, we can trust the way we tell them. If our stories make sense to us, we can trust the way they may make sense to other people. If our stories make sense, we make sense. I've really enjoyed musing about stories with you today and I hope you'll join me next week as I continue this conversation about stories and instead focus this time about identity and how we can locate ourselves within our stories. Thank you for listening. This has been Exploring Stories with Rachel Kaysen.
Goodbye.